want you to turn to Haggai chapter 2. Verse 6, Haggai 2, verse 6, and I think that you will agree that this seems to be what's going on, not only in the United States, but across the entire world. Verse 6 says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Now, I'm not saying 100% that is exactly what's going on, but it sure seems like it. It sure have that sense that God is shaking everything that man had security in, hope in, and his life in. God says, once I will shake the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the dry land. And that is exactly what's going on. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we ask for God the Holy Ghost to invade this place. Lord, I pray that every word that I speak, every thought that I have, every action that I do, Lord, would come from you and you alone, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would have your way this morning. I pray, God, that the Word of God would find good seed deep in our hearts, Lord Jesus, and it will carry us through that which we have yet to see, Lord God, that which is coming down the road, Lord God, Lord, it will keep us, for you are faithful and you are just, and Lord, we're asking for that inner strength that can only come from knowing you. I pray that this church, Lord, would rise to the occasion, and God, that they can be men and women of God in these truly last days. We thank you, God, for this. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for moving upon those who have requested prayer. And we thank you for our veterans that have served and those who are serving. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's what it says. That's the Word of God. Now listen, this is a very important role that you as Christians have in these last days. No matter what is coming down the road or what might still come. But God tells us and warns us all the time. Attempts to prepare us so that these days don't catch us off guard and we act like those who have no hope. Now the Lord says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the Lord of everything, yet once it is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And then he goes on and says in Luke 21, 26, Men's heart failing. People, humanity, Failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now, it's not like the stock market is out of the woods, but they were saying in those unbelievable times where trillions of dollars were lost within hours, men and women were, they would be absolutely fainting at the stock market, just collapsing under the pressure and under the stress. And we see that the Word of God tells us that men's hearts, people's hearts, who have their hope in these things that is the world system or the Babylonian system or the the economy or whatever, their hearts are going to fail them. Absolutely fail them for the fear that they see. 
that they see coming down the road. And this word's word failing means to, to faint or swoon away. Which means swoon, what is that? It means a sinking feeling. And you can see that all through our land. Now they're saying the military has that feeling. Just that sinking feeling of, of hopelessness. I've heard that this year. And while I was putting this message together, I received this email. And so I'm going to read the entire email to you. It is not a political statement. It is just an email I received from somebody who's panicking. It says, I received hundreds of emails regarding President Obama and his administration and where he's taking us. And it makes me more and more discouraged and depressed. I can't believe that the American people are sitting by and allowing this to happen. I don't think the vast majority of the people see this as a direct threat to them. But I sure do. We are like the Jews during the Holocaust. We just do what they tell us. We are like cattle being led to the slaughter. I bet you will never see the Jews be as docile again like they were during World War II. Maybe that is what's going to take for us to wake up. Maybe we have to suffer abuse first, and then we will realize what our government is doing to us. I am surprised that we have not had a revolt. I am almost afraid to use that word, because I am sure our emails are now being monitored in this country by now. How can the rest of Congress let him get away with everything? Now they are probably power-struck also, and want to join in on the power. Now Obama is going to let the terrorists responsible for masterminding the 9-11 attacks be tried in an American civilian court. I just don't know what is going to happen next. I would never have thought that something like this could happen to us, let alone happen so quickly. Anyway, thanks for listening and letting me vent my frustrations. That's from a 70-year-old man in his 70s. It is. I'm sure a lot of you agree with it, but can you see the, the hopelessness and the fear? Even as Shauna was singing the song with our flag, I, I couldn't hold back tears. I couldn't hold back tears looking at our nation and seeing it crumbling right in front of us. But I want you to understand something. I've had the most unusual, emotional, up-and-down week that I've ever had in a long time, and yet here I am this morning because I believe that this entire week God was wanting me to encourage you this morning to absolutely give you a word of encouragement, not in the things of the world, but in the strength and in the keeping power of our God in spite of the world. Here's where your encouragement must come from. Yes, I'm sure a lot of you maybe had a back i hold back tears from even when you're singing the, the song National Anthem and you're thinking of your nation and all that's going on. I understand all that. That will flood us. There will be moments of fear and disbelief still yet to come. That's coming down the road. Our nation's never going to be the same again. Now listen to this. Joel chapter 3 verse 16 says this, The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. Just like the first one I read you, but listen to the rest. But 
The Lord will be the hope of His people and the strength of the children of Israel. That's where you find your hope. It's not in the next administration or the next this or the next that or can't we just go back to the 1950s? It's just your hope God is shaking everything that humanity has hung on to for some type of hope and security. God said it is time. And so He is shaking everything. And now that your hope uh, is being shook it absolutely must be directed totally and completely to the keeping power of your Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all that's left. That's where we are. And it's a purpose and a plan of God. Now listen, in the midst of all this chaos and even this frustrated email that we have gotten, that I have gotten, here's what the Word of God says. And where, and then, where they're all, then they were all of good cheer. And I'm thinking, God, good cheer? What, what on earth can we have be a, of good cheer about? But look, as you look into this Word of God, you will see. Cheer simply means a state of mind, a state of gladness and joy and encouragement. And God is telling you, even through the most uh, up and down week that I've had this week, uh, as He's even speaking through, uh, hopefully, me, by the Spirit of Almighty God, that you need to be encouraged in God. Not in the world, not in whatever's going on, but in God and God alone. And so, therefore, if you truly have a walk with God, a solid walk with God, you will understand how you can have good cheer in the midst of chaos. Absolutely, good cheer. Not... uh not faked up by you, not just sucking it up, not just because we can't. We can't do this. The situation we are in is not fixable by man. And yet God comes in an unbelievable situation and looks at you and I when you and I think, oh, hope is gone. What is going on? What's happening? God stands up and says, hey, be of good cheer. The Amplified Version of Acts 27, 36 says, Then they all became more cheerful and were encouraged and took food themselves in the midst of the danger and the apparent doom. Now that's saying something. You just can't do that on your own. You just can't say, okay, get hold of yourself. Now be happy. You just can't. Now as I read that email, I was just about to go to Acts 27 where, the, where this account, and you'll, I'm sure you'll, uh, remember it as we start to read it. Verse 9. Look at all that's going on in this situation. Try to imagine yourself. Well, you don't even have to try anymore. You can just compare to the nation that we're in, or the situation that we're in. Now it says in Acts 27, 9, this will be the New King James that I'm reading from. It says, Now when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, or the fall or the calm season was already over. Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was, was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things Paul spoke. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in the majority uh, in the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix 
a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. When the soft wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind called a Eurocladon. Uh, so when the ship was caught in this, it could not head into the wind. They had to let her drive. Now you remember this story. They thought everything was calm and cold. They wanted to get out of this harbor they were in because if they got caught in that harbor during winter, it would be, it's too open, too exposed. Paul's saying, no, 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 don't do this. And they're going contrary to the Word of God from the man of God. And they start, they look just like they looked at the well-watered plains of Sodom, and they said, no, we're going to take off anyway. We're going to go in this court. And no sooner they were out there, the Eurocladon, or as you and I know it, the Nor'easter, which has pounded the northeast here lately, kicks up. It says, so when the ship was caught and they could not head into the wind, they let her drive. In other words, they could no longer steer it. They let the wheel go, and the wheel spun, and off they went kind of like we are right now. I mean, who can grab the wheel to their nation, to our nation? It's spinning out of control. <clears throat> 16 says, And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the, sh- uh, the skiff with difficulty, meaning they're attempting to get this ship back together. Uh, and that which was a little dinghy or something floating behind them, they brought that up into the ship. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing least they should run around aground, they struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. And on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we should be saved was finally given up. That's what you can look like when, when you look at our nation or when you look at the church even or when you look in the mirror. Two. Okay. Man, you guys must like what you see in the mirror. Lots of times when I look in the mirror, I'm going, oh, man, come on. Get a hold of God. What's the matter with you? Uh, so just this whole sense of hopelessness coming upon these guys who hasn't seen sun or stars for two months. Man cannot handle that type of gloom. They don't. That's why California is so full of population, because there's so much sun in Arizona and Florida, because there's tons of sun. They can't handle that. When Alaska goes into that dark season for however long it is, suicide goes through the roof in Alaska. I mean, nothing's changed. The mountains are still there. It's beautiful. The streams are still clean. The animals, all that's still wonderful. But it's just dark, and they can't handle it. And that's what's happening now all across the world and in our nation. And what prompted this email? What's going on? I can't believe this. Verse 21 says, But after a long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, You should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I'm going to switch to the King James. In verse 22, he says, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Now how do you think that went over? Probably the only thing that would have went over would have been Paul. 
If we were, isn't that the truth? I mean, how many, how many times do you like that when everything is against you and you're despondent and you feel like you're walking underwater and you can't even, and then someone comes skipping by and says, oh, be a good chair, everything's going to be wonderful. You want to just blast them or something. You want to do something. You can't stand that. And this is what Paul does in the midst of this unbelievable trial. Death we're talking about. Not just, I got laid off. And that's what he does. He stands up and says, be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. And so he is standing up again, and he is giving off this word of God again. Just like before when he said, uh, Don't go, this is not a good time to go. And when everything was great, hunky and dory, money in their pocket, kids acting well, they went, ah, and off they went. Now, all of a sudden, everything is horrible. There's no hope. All hope is lost. They're throwing things overboard. And all of a sudden, the man of God stands up again, and all of a sudden, he's got an attentive crowd. What? what what's he saying? We're not going to die? And I believe exactly that's what God's doing. He's shaking everything for that harvest. Amen. Or those people that will listen. Those people that will have ears to hear. Still, the majority will not. But there's still a harvest to be had of people that will receive the Word of God. How many of you ever came to God because life was wonderful? None of us, if you're honest. You came because you were an uncontrolled drunk or drug addict or just a plain old idiot, a bum, no goal, no desires, no nothing, running around, have no life, no hope, no nothing. After years and years of that, somebody finally said, Hey, how about Jesus? You and yes! And so God is taking all the hope away because He is only the true hope. But here is the big key for you to be able to stand up in the midst of all that's going on and say, Hey, be of good cheer. You understand, the ship sunk. It went under. It hit the bottom. This is where you have got to be. The time of just attending church and going to progressive dinner and not doing a whole lot more, that's over. Or you will sink. You really will. Because here's what Paul's great when he said, Sirs, listen to me, be of good cheer. Okay, but here's the key after that. He says, for I believe God. That's where we're at. Do you understand? We're getting very close to that. All the little things that you run around and try to um, run from the various things that you need to face, the true responsibilities are being cut short. You're not going to be allowed to do that anymore. You're not going to be allowed to do this anymore. You can't do that anymore. Won't be enough money to do this, do that, or that. And then Paul stands up in the midst of that stuff and says, Brothers, sirs, be of good cheer. And here's why. I believe God. And that's what you're going to have to come to. You and God, and that's it. 
Whether your house goes, your job goes, no matter what's going on, whether your nation goes, never rebounds, no revival, it doesn't matter. You can stand up wherever you're at, whoever you're around and say, sirs, brother, relatives, cousins, be of good cheer. I believe God. You understand? And that will resonate to those who are ripe for the harvest. And they will be just like these guys. They were captivated by what Paul said because of the, the uh, impending doom that was coming on them. And there's that sense in our nation. There is, for the first time ever. I mean, our nation's gone through some horrible things, wars and all that kind of... But this is something different. It is worldwide. Worldwide. <clears throat> so these people all of a sudden decided to believe the message of God that was sent to them by Paul. They plainly received what Paul believed himself. You understand? The days of, look, you need to get right with God, you need to go to church. Do you go to church? Uh-uh. But you need to go. You need to get going. You really need to. I used to. I mean, that stuff's over. Do you understand? This is not going to church just because it's morally something you should do, or as a parent, it's something you should do, this is going to really become that anchor that that great song is sung by. Not so much church, but where you hear the Word of God, where the Word of God is presented to give you some type of anchor, hope, and faith in the midst of turmoil. Absolute turmoil. And this is where it's at. God sends good tidings to the perishing world. And He sends it through you. You understand when the world's going, oh, oh, and running, you can't be doing the same thing. You cannot. And you cannot sit there and say, well, I won't. Unless you really turn it on into the things of God. And really get a hold of God. Not a surface thing. This cannot be handled over the surface. <clears throat> us men always think we can handle things. And we can't. We can't handle nothing. We really can't. So God sends good tidings to the perishing world of mankind by those who are of themselves in the same common danger. Yet they're not acting the same. They're saying, be of good cheer. And they're looking at you and saying, how can you say that? How can you get through that? Sirs, I believe God. And sometimes through our world it has so much stuff to do, so many options like the Romanian evangelist was telling us, that rings on tin ears. It just sounds kind of cliche, silly. I believe God. Yeah, well, let the tempest storm start to go... Let the ship up and down and throw everything off and let danger, imminent danger, be upon them. It will resonate to a bunch. If you do it, God needs to resonate her. You. <clears throat> and you can't do it without really stepping it up. There's no way you can believe God this morning and be of good cheer. Unless you have that real life transformation and walk with God. I'm not talking about super saint. Remember, there isn't any of those. You know, I rip my shirt off, it's just going to be flabby body without. 
There's no S on there. There isn't. The only S is the Savior, Jesus Christ. He'll come in and use this out of shape, flabby something for His purpose. He will. He will so you can be of good cheer. You can do your civilian duties as best as you can as an American. You can pray for America. You can weep for America. You can vote. You can run for office. But sir, and if you do get in office, that's what you do. You stand in there and you say, I believe in God. That's it. And that's how I'm going to judge, roll, whatever you do. John 16:33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in, in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Here it is again. But be of good cheer. Why is that, God? Because I have overcome the world. <clears throat> you know what that means now. That doesn't mean God's your servant. And you can just lay on your hammock and sip your lemonade. And as soon as it gets bad, you go, Oh, Jesus! And He comes running to you. No, you're the servant. You're the slave of Christ, the bond slave. And as you dive into the things of your Master, then it will resonate when He says, Look, in this world, you will have chaos. I'm predicting it. I'm promising it to you. He said, but be of good cheer. Those of you who believe in Me, I have overcome that chaos. And I have overcome the world. And so it's in God and God alone that you will have that hope and that peace and that ability to stand firm when all is crazy. Just like Paul. Oh, come on. Who in here, in their own strength, in a ship with 200 and was it 40 or 70 souls on it, it's splitting up. They're not on their plan. What's that thing? Shuffleboard. There's not a pole in the middle of the ship. There's not a bunch of chairs where someone's waiting on you, giving all the shrimp cocktail and lemonade you want. It's not a cruise. It is totally busting up and going under. And you're going to stand up in the midst of that and say, be of good cheer. No, you can't. You can't. Unless you have a seasoned walk with God and God speaks that and you hear from God and you believe God and have believed God in a number of years while it was calm, you can't go to this end of the storm. Where is that at? It, it's too late. And so we are in that storm as a nation. I don't know what the end's going to believe. But let me tell you something. Jesus did not promise peace. He offered it. He said, in me is peace. I offer you peace. He promised them storms. Do you understand that? You are promised storms. With or without them, they're coming. But he said, in me, I offer you peace. So what door are you going to pick? Storm door one? Storms coming without Jesus? Or door two? Storm's coming, but he offers peace. I mean, do you need to be told which one? Seriously, do we need to be told which one? I mean, it seems like we do. Actually, we do. In the world you will have tribulation. 
He made the promise of tribulation. Please remember that. People want to tell you, even friends want to tell you, you shouldn't have any trouble, you shouldn't have any suffering, you shouldn't. That's baloney. In this world, God says you will have tribulation. He says, but I offer you, prom- I offer you peace in me. And you have to go to him for that peace. Even in the midst of the storm that's going on. Even you might even get wet. But you'll still be standing in him and him alone. Knowing that Jesus has overcome the world brings us a sense of good cheer. I mean, you can look at things and go, man, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm hanging on to this. You know, when the Titanic was going down, they were trying to put chairs together. Anything that floats, this is it. This is what floats. Hang on to it. It's the only thing that floats. In Mark 6, remember where they were rowing and rowing? God told them to go across the lake. They're rowing and rowing and making no progress at all because the wind was contrary. And there are many times in my walk with God, I felt like, God, I'm making no progress. What the heck's with me? What's the matter with me? How can I make no progress? How can I know you and still be toiling? and That's just what happens. Jesus knows that. Matthew, Mark 6.50 says, For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Hey, uh, be of good cheer. It's I. I mean, that's what, if you are in one of those states, and you lost one oar, and all you got is, and your hands are, you can't stand it, and you can't about it. Jesus comes to you and says, hey, just be of good cheer. I'm here. I'm here. No matter what you're going through, what situation you're in, you can have that inner joy, that true joy. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going. No oars. And you're going, I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm counting on God. That's it. And it's what he tells us. Do you understand? You should have this good cheer, this, this state of mind, or this encouragement simply for the fact that Jesus says, Hey, I'm here! And that should be it. You ever been in Walmart in some store, and all of a sudden this little character, about six or five, starts screaming, Bobby! Lost? and maybe just ten feet over, they'll go, Amber! And, and they, that's the way we are. We seem to get lost in the maze of the world, and, we start, and when you cry out, Mommy, or in this case, Abba, Father, Jesus said, I'm here. Here I am. And no matter what happens, no matter how we must have to assemble together, we need to never forget that God's here. He's here. He's here right now. I mean, Carol, do you have the Lord in your heart? Lenny, do you? So God says we're two or, well, he says we're three. Okay, Margie, do you have God? Okay, there's three. Where's God say he is? He's in the midst. You have to see them, physically see them, or do you just believe it by faith in the word of God? Because this is it. This is what God said. Same thing when Paul stood up and said, be of good cheer, I don't even know how he got it off. I mean, he had to be bouncing all over the place in this storm and things all over, water coming over, declaring the word of God. But somehow it resonated and they believed. 
and the ship sank, and they all swam to shore. Even those who didn't know how to swim ended up on shore, safe, altered. Life was different, but they made it. So life might be different for you and I, but you'll make it. The key is you must have that walk with God so no matter where you're at in life, job, family, to all those hard-headed that won't listen, they're going to. They're going to listen. And some will come. Some won't, but some will come. But you have got to have your walk nailed down. So when it's insane, you can still have that peace and comfort from God. Even you can say, I don't know what's going to happen to America. But listen, be of good cheer. Why is that? Why is that? What do you mean? I believe God. They'll listen then. Some might not, but they will. And here's another reason. And I'll end with this one. I don't know if I'm looking at all wheat. 20% tares. 50% wheat. I don't know. I'm looking. Looks pretty cool. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Nice crop of wheat. But you understand that wheat and tares look alike. They do. And I don't know them. I can't tell them apart, wheat and a tear. But then when trying times come, God separates them. We have been praying for the church for a long time to be the church. So what do you think God's going to do? God's going to go, okay. And he's going to go. And stuff's going to fall. That's the truth. And when he's done, we'll have the church. I can't tell. I can't tell if you're a wheat or a tear. I can't tell if we have 100%. I can't. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That is the one that will be able to stand up and say, Be of good cheer. I believe God. You'll only be able to say that by the Spirit of God. But then here's the rest. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. When they would thresh wheat, you have all this wheat. There it is. Looks like wheat. It's all harvested. It's all laying down on the ground. God's going to bring his big pitchfork, and that's what he's doing now. And he'll shove it into you. All us wheat. Us wheat. He'll throw it in the air. And the wind of God, the chaff, he'll blow away. That's what they do. For the real in Jerusalem in the harvest. That's where this came from. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to shove in the, his pitchfork, throw it up in the air. 
in the troubling times, in the tempest, in the storms, we're gonna, men's heart failing them. Whew. But the people that will fall back down, I'm going to believe God. I have nowhere else to go. Where else am I going to go? God, you have the words of life. That's what's going on. That's what's going on to the American church. God has grabbed it, and he's answering your prayers. He's done this for a long time. Now he's done this. He's flipped it up upside down. And I know where I am. I'm like, I might I'm, don't look real good, but I'm hanging on. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to hang on to. And so this morning, as we kind of wind this little short thing down, your encouragement, you might be thinking, what? Where's the encouragement? It's in God. You have time right now. Our nation is bad. It's sad. But you have time still to be able to walk to this altar and say, God, I've wasted so much time. I want to, I want to get serious with you. For when the tsunami comes and it takes away hundreds of thousands, if not millions, I want to be able to stand in the midst of that and say, be of good cheer. Now listen, when you stand like that, it'll be God through you, but when you stand like that, it will resonate and people will hang on to you for life all over. They will be hanging on to you for the words of life. And this is what you got to give them, is this. That's where you're at. This is what God is expecting the church to do. You are in the same perilous danger as the lost. But there's something different. There's a hope in you that the world doesn't have. And you can stand up and say, look, be of good cheer. I believe God. He's here with us. And they will respond to that. This is your time. You should be ready. But if you're not, you need to get ready. Let's stand, please. We know that God has been doing this because there are multitudes of ministries that we once maybe looked up to that have been flip-flopped upside down and shook and no longer look the same, no longer sound the same. We see our nation, which just seems to be totally out of sync with everything. We have the House of Representatives not representing us. It's like everything is out of sorts and crazy and what's going on? Lord, what? Well, God is simply saying to you, I am your blessed hope. I am. So this morning, if the news unnerves you and all those things and signs and laws they pass, I'm not saying you're not going to be. It makes me the initial thought is fear. What's going on? Then the man of God or the woman of God gets their wind back and they say, this is all that matters, God. This is it. And you keep your face in this, keep your knees to the floor, pray, seek God, and you leave the rest to Him. I'm not going to fear God, for you are with me. You are here. He also says one part that I didn't bring out, because you should know this already. 
He says, be of good cheer, for I have forgiven your sins. That's another great reason to have that state of mind of encouragement. He forgave me. He forgave me. He forgave me. If you haven't had that blessing, then you need to come to the altar and realize and ask God to forgive you of your sins. Our altars are open. Please come. Spend time with the Lord. It's not that late. Be encouraged by the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Be encouraged even by the small, still voice you might hear this morning here at this altar. Come spend some time with Him who will encourage you.